Hello and welcome to Light for Living. My name is Pat Kilby. I'm the pastor at Cary First Baptist Church in Cary, North Carolina. Light for Living is a podcast designed to share biblical truth from a fresh perspective with an emphasis on relevant and practical application for our life. So currently we're teaching through the book of Revelation. The last time we were together, we finished with Revelation chapter 7 and we concluded looking at the sixth seal and the 144,000 witnesses. So today we're going to start looking at Revelation chapter 8, and it begins with the Lamb of God opening the seventh seal. So I'm going to read Revelation 8, 1 through 5. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand in the presence of God. Seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel with a golden incense burner came and stood at the altar. He was given a large amount of incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up in the presence of God from the angel's hand. The angel took the incense burner, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it to the earth. There were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. So up to this point, Jesus, the Lamb of God, he has taken the scroll from the right hand of the one seated on the throne. So when the Lamb, who is Jesus, begins to break the seals on the scroll, once again, the, the scroll is the title deed of God to all's creation, to all of God's creation, Jesus is literally beginning to redeem the earth back to himself, and he's unleashing the judgment of God upon the earth. So I want to go back just a little bit so, you know, in, in review so that we can understand where, where we are in Revelation chapter 8. So in Revelation 6, we have the first six seals. The first four seals that are broken will happen in the first half of the tribulation. The first four seals are also known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The events described by the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, now, I just need to stop here for a second. These events in, in the first four seals, they are intense days of severe judgment upon the earth. These events are dreadful days of horror. Dreadful days of shock, they are devastating days, days of devastation, and days of intense suffering and death. But I want you to get this. It is nothing compared to the seventh seal and the 14 judgments that are going to be unleashed on the world at that time. So as we begin to look at Revelation chapter 8, we're going to see the things that 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 set up the seventh seal, the breaking of the seventh seal, and the unleashing of the the seven trumpet judgments and the seven bowl judgments. So where these first four judgments are harsh, severe, devastating, and intense, I can't I can't tell you and I can't put into words what the seventh seal is gonna gonna be looking like. And we'll see that as we move our way through Revelation chapter 8. But the the four horsemen of the apocalypse are, number one, the rider on the white horse, and that represents a brief time of conquering peace. Some scholars say it's it's a false peace, but that's how uh, the Antichrist literally ushers in uh, to, to prominence. He offers a, a false conquering peace. He's the wide rider on the white horse, and he has um, a bow but no arrows. This signifies he's going to create peace without, without war. 
The second rider is on a fiery red horse, and this represents a time of war. So following this time of peace will come a time of war. Following a time of war will be the black horse with the scales. It represents famine and starvation. Then the last rider, the fourth rider, is the rider on the pale green horse. It represents death, and Hades follows right behind. And literally, he is given permission to kill one-fourth of the earth's population. So this is happening in the first part of the tribulation. Once again, this is the third time I've said it. These days are intense. They are severe judgment upon the earth. They are dreadful days of horror, shock, devastation. Once again, intense suffering and death. It's bad, the first part of the, of the tribulation, but it gets worse in the sixth seal and even worse in the seventh seal. So we get to the fifth seal. It represents the prayers of the martyrs. It represents the, the prayers of the saints who've been slaughtered in the tribulation. They've been slaughtered for their faith in Jesus Christ. The fifth seal also represents the vengeance of God upon the wicked who martyred the saints of God. So literally the saints of God are under the altar. They're in white robes, which signifies they are uh, they are now in their perfected state, but they are praying, how long till you venge us or how long until we see your vengeance, O God? So the fifth seal leads to the beginning of the great tribulation. So the seven-year period known as the tribulation is divided in two, three-and-a-half-year periods. The events that occur in the first half of the tribulation are horrific, as I've already said, and hard to imagine. But when the great tribulation begins, things start to get increasingly worse and even more hard to imagine. The events of the sixth seal describe the wrath of God being poured out on the earth to avenge the blood of those martyred in the tribulation. Let me say that again. The events of the sixth seal, they describe the wrath of God being poured out on the earth to avenge the blood of those that we saw in the fifth seal, those who had been martyred and they had been praying to God, how long until you avenge us? So the events described in the sixth seal, once again, I'm using words that are seeming to me become becoming ordinary, but the, the events are once again horrific and very hard to imagine. In the sixth seal, God is literally going to violently shake the universe, and his wrath will be poured out on the sinful and unbelieving world. The wrath of God and the destruction of the earth is described by six separate and successive events. There's a violent earthquake. The sun will be turned black as sackcloth. The moon will become like blood. The stars of heaven, they fell to the earth. The sky was rolled up like a scroll, and every mountain and island was moved from its place. This violent shakeup is so devastating, it has an adverse effect, an adverse effect on the sun, the moon, the stars, the sky, and even the earth itself. So when Jesus rips open the sixth seal, the proud, the arrogant, the rebellious, they will experience the overwhelming presence, power, and judgment of God so much so, the scripture says, they will not be able to stand. So those who have persecuted the saints, when they experience this, it's going to be a time of, of shock and awe, and, and they're not going to be able to stand. They're going to be praying for the mountains and rocks to, to fall on them. 
So we move from Revelation 6 to Revelation chapter 7. This reveals the 144,000 Jewish men, 12,000 from each tribe who are sealed and set apart to witness during the tribulation. Then once we go from Revelation 7, we are now uh, at Revelation chapter 8. And Revelation chapter 8, as I've already read, this begins the, the seventh seal. So the seventh seal is ripped open by Jesus, and it represents the end is near, the end is coming. The seventh seal also represents the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is a period near the end of the great tribulation that signifies divine apocalyptic judgment at the end of the world. Second Peter 3, 8-10 says this, Dear friends, don't overlook this one fact. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Verse 10, Peter says, But the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. The elements will burn and be dissolved, and the earth and the works on it will be disclosed. So we learn that the seventh seal, as we get through it, as we walk through it over the next couple of weeks, is very complex and deeply troubling. The seventh seal is the final judgment of God upon the earth. The seventh seal contains 14 judgments that are more severe than any of the former judgments. Now, for me, that's really hard to imagine. I mean, in Revelation 6, uh, God shakes up the entire universe and the whole world is, is, is laid to waste. And in all of this, that seems bad enough. And the people can't even stand when this happens. Then we get to the seventh seal and things even more severe happen. I am so glad. I am so glad that Jesus died to save me from my sin. And I'm so glad that I've accepted his, his gift by grace through faith. I won't be here. I'll be in the presence of God and anyone who has accepted uh, the gift of God through Jesus Christ by grace through faith. We will not be here. But for everyone who rejects Christ, the time of tribulation is going to be a very, very difficult time. So during this seventh seal, when Jesus rips open this seal, he reveals there are seven trumpet judgments and seven bowl judgments. Now, before we get to the trumpet judgments and the bowl judgments, we need to look at how the seventh seal, what really, what really happens when the seal is broken. First of all, the Bible says there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Literally, this is when the seventh seal is, is ripped open, there will be complete silence in heaven for about half an hour. More than likely, this is a literal half an hour of silence. It's hard to imagine complete silence in heaven, but there's no one worshiping, no one singing, no one speaking, no one praying, complete silence. I remember growing up, um, uh, we lived in a, in a house right next to the church and, um, right across the road was a a cemetery, and I remember one day going to sleep, just taking a nap, and I woke up, and there was no one in our house. 
I walked outside and it was dark and ominous looking. And I looked down the road. We, we lived off highway 276 between Waynesville and Canton. And, uh, no one was coming or going up and down the road. And it was so eerie and so quiet. I began to wonder and began to think, wow, has Jesus come and I've been left behind? It was so eerie. And so it wasn't long that car started to pass and it wasn't long that my mom and dad came back and everything was fine. But I'm going to tell you before the seventh or before the seven judgments of the trumpet and before the seven bowl judgments, there's going to be a time of silence and it will be eerie. It will be something that, you know, we've really never experienced before. We have noise all over. We just, there's birds singing and crickets chirping and cars going up and down the road, but there's going to be a time for about half an hour, complete silence. This silence is literally the calm before the storm. This silence is literally signaling to those who are alive at this time, the end is near. This silence in heaven is the result of the awe, shock, and horror of what is about to come. So there's silence in heaven for about half an hour before the last 14 judgments are unleashed upon the earth. John then saw seven angels who were given seven trumpets. Another angel with a golden incense burner came and stood at the altar. This other angel uh, was given incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints. So these are the saints that are under the altar. So this angel, this eighth angel, is given incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints, and the incense and the prayers of all the saints went up to God. So this is an Old Testament reference to um, the incense burner. They would put incense, and this uh, this fragrance would, would go up into the air. So this incense and the prayers are going to be offered up uh, to God from, from the altar. So this incense, this angel with the golden incense burner came, stood at the altar. He offers the incense with the prayers of all the saints, and they go up to God. Then the angel will take the incense burner and he will hurl it to the earth. In this incense burner, there are coals of fire. When he hurls this incense burner to the earth, there were rumblings of thunder, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. This is the final event in heaven before the trumpet judgments begin. The smoke rising from the burnt incense represents the prayers of the saints of God. The angel fills the incense burner with fire from the altar, hurls it to the earth. The altar represents the sacrifice for sinners, and fire represents judgment. You see, Jesus, the Lamb of God, gave himself as a sacrifice on the cross for the sins of everyone in the world. Every person who's accepted the atonement of Jesus Christ on the cross is saved from the wrath of God to come. I'm so glad I have salvation in Christ alone. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says this, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, because he has paid the price for my sin and I've accepted his gift of salvation by grace through faith, God doesn't see me in my sinful condition. He sees me 
in Jesus. Jesus paid for and God accepted the payment for my sin. Revelation 8, 5, it reveals the judgment of God upon those who have rejected Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. So those of you who know Christ, rejoice and thank him. You will not be here. That's why we need to pray, and that's why we need to share and witness and live as, as, as an example, because if people don't come to faith in Christ, if they're alive and Christ comes back, they are going to be alive during this, this time period. The judgments of God during the tribulation are a solemn warning to everyone who hardens their hearts against the Savior. Revelation 8, 5, once again, it reveals the judgment of God upon those who reject Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. Proverbs 29, 1 says, One who becomes stiff-necked after many reprimands will be shattered instantly beyond recovery. There are going to be those who live their life and they reject Christ. Well, when they stand before him, it'll be too late, and it'll be beyond recovery. Hebrews 3.15 says this, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Listen, if you're, if you're listening to this or you know someone that, that needs to listen to this, just pray for them and remind them. When you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. Don't be rebellious. Don't be stiff-necked. Hear the voice of God. Respond in obedience. Accept Jesus now. Today is the day of salvation. Revelation chapter 8 begins with this, with this idea the storm is coming. The storm is coming. Knowing that this day of wrath and judgment is coming, knowing that the day of the Lord is coming, every person would do well to heed the words of Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Let, let the wicked one abandon his way and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord so he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will freely forgive. If you know someone that doesn't know Christ, pray for them. Pray for them by name. Pray for them every time God puts them on your mind. Pray for them. Speak to them. And as you pray for them and speak to them, the Spirit will draw them. And at some point, they need to, to make a choice. But the storm is coming. The storm is coming. And we need to seek the Lord while it may be found. So next week, we'll continue looking at Revelation chapter 8. We'll begin to examine the seven bold judgments. So uh, continue to pray for me. I'm praying for you. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast this week. And I want to encourage you to continue listening. I also want to encourage you to invite your family members, your friends, neighbors, your coworkers, and acquaintances to join us as we continue to study the book of Revelation. I hope you have a great week and thanks for joining us today on Light for Living.